And uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome to see everyone out this morning on this nice wintry morning. That's what winter is though, isn't it? It's rain and it's cold, so there's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, welcome if you're online watching this morning, wherever you may be. Uh, if you're unwell, we pray healing upon you right now in Jesus' name. And um, yeah, Pastor Rob and Pauline are away this, well today, they've been away for four days. Uh, they've got their grandchild's uh, dedication, dedication today and also Pastor Rob is preaching at Mount Barker Futures Church um, this morning. So he's probably preached, or not, not yet actually, he'll be preaching soon. So we send up a prayer for Pastor Rob and that, and that church right now. Um, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn wherever you like. We're going to go to heaps of places. <laughs> So you have to you have to be in the zone to know where you're going this morning. So if you're in the spirit, you'll be able to work it out yourselves. So if we get the first slide, Ascent, Ascent, simple title. But uh, Ascent, as born again Christians, uh, we're sent. We're sent to minister to others. Uh, if you don't know what minister means, it's a Christian word. Minister but simply means to serve <coughs> the needs of others. So we're called, as born-again Christians, if you're born again and the Spirit of God is in you, you're called, you're sent to serve the needs of others. And so we're, we're sent to serve the needs of others, to minister to everyone by God in different ways with our own needs and in the spirit. So we're called 1 Thessalonians 3.12 and may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. So is your love, is our love growing and overflowing or is our love staying the same is it is it static or is it even going downhill the bible talks about uh, a time which we're we're living in when the increase of wickedness uh, in the world makes the love of people grow cold we don't want to be people that love is growing cold we want our love to be stoked up and getting hotter and hotter growing for all people and overflowing so ministry or serving people isn't just in here as such or to Christians. It's not just out there as such for uh, people that don't know Jesus, but it's a combination of both. So we're all called to serve the needs of non-Christians, Christians alike. There's a combo there and you, can't, you don't separate that. So Jesus' ministry is both to the unsaved and the saved. Uh, You can go to Isaiah 61 if you want. Verse 1 to 2. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour, and the day of vengeance of our God. So this verse is the verse that um, Jesus, uh, when he uh, stood up in the um, 
in the synagogue, this is what he quoted, this verse. Because that is what he was doing when he came to earth. He was fulfilling, and he continues to fulfill, this part of Isaiah chapter 61. These first two sentences describe Jesus' ministry to the poor, broken-hearted captive and living in darkness unbeliever. So he's bringing good news. He's binding up wounds. He's setting free and enlightening them and giving abundant grace and favor. Has he done that for you? He's done it for me. He's, he's, he's ministered or served me and given to me those things. But the second part of that going on, Isaiah 61, 2b to 3, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. So Zion is uh, a picture, well, I suppose, of the new covenant mountain. It's the covenant of grace mountain. In Hebrews, it talks about uh, we haven't come, we've come to Mount Zion, to myriads of angels, to the believers made uh, perfect, to, uh, and it goes on. And so there was a Mount Sinai of the Lord, but this Mount Zion, so this second part of this is verse is Jesus' ministry to people who are in Zion. So if you're in Zion, you're born again, you're a believer. And so this part is for us as born again, but if you're a born again believer today. To comfort all in mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So this is his ministry to the saved born again believer, giving them a crown of beauty to wear, anointing them with gladness clothing them with praise, making them firm and strong in God like a mighty oak tree. People who just by they, how they are and how they uh, display God's character and serve others bring splendor to God, declare the splendor of God. So if you're a born-again believer here today and, and you're, um, you, know, you have uh, mourning or a spirit of despair, or ashes on your head, then Jesus wants to minister to that. He wants to fix that over your life. He wants to be, be walking in gladness and praise and, and not be under that. He wants you to be, have uh, praise, the oil of gladness, and a crown of beauty on your head. And so that's who he purposes us to become. And, and he does that for a reason. He does it, yes, so that we feel good, so that we are blessed and, and, and doing well. But he also does it so that we're strong and we're able to, to help others and, and to move on and start to fulfill those two verses as Jesus did because his spirit dwells in us. And so he wants to make you and I strong to be able to minister to others, to serve the needs of others. 1 Corinthians 9, chapter 9, 16 to 17. This is going to be a bit of a challenge. Yet when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast, for I'm compelled to preach. This is the Apostle Paul speaking here. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. If I preach voluntarily, I have a reward. If not voluntarily, I'm simply discharging the trust committed to me. So Paul wasn't given an opportunity God didn't come to Paul and say, 
here's, here's a list of options. Here's a list of things that you might like to do in your life. Feel free to pick one if you want. If you, if you don't want to pick one, that's fine. We'll move on. But God selected Paul and said, I've set you aside for this purpose. So God's purpose over our life is, is chosen by him. It's not chosen by us. He, he allocates it to us because he made us. He knows how he created us. He knows where we fit. And so it's, it's involuntary in a sense. As soon as you're born again and saved, you are sent. You are a minister of the gospel. You don't have to wait for a call to the ministry. That's great if you get something like that. But immediately you are a minister of the gospel if you're born again and saved. And Paul says something. He says something here, uh, after this. He says, uh, he says, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. So Paul, Paul is saying, God has given me this purpose, given me this role. So if I don't step into that, woe to me. In other words, I'm going to experience sadness. I'm going to experience grief. I'm going to experience distress because I'm not in what I know God wants me to be in. And and it's the same with us. The safest place we can be is in uh, the ministry or the call that God has for our lives. We'll be safe there. We'll be happy there. We'll be satisfied and fulfilled there. Outside of it, we won't be. And so God has, has called you, every single one of you. He has a call on your life and, and, and a purpose for you and a ministry, ministry for you in one capacity or another. In Ephesians 3.8, To me, though I'm the very least of all the saints, God's consecrated people, this is Apostle Paul speaking again. This grace, favor, and privilege was granted and graciously entrusted to proclaim to the Gentiles the unending, boundless, fathomless, incalculable, and exhaustless riches of Christ, wealth which no human being could have searched out. So the privilege entrusted to Paul was to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. So what a privilege it is for us that God would choose us and say, I've personally selected you for this role. Jimmy and Beth, I've personally selected you to, to uh, lead the worship team. Josh, Pastor Josh, personally selected you to, to run the, the youth department. It's a privilege, it's an honor that the God of heaven, and I could say that about every single one of you, he's personally selected you for a role and a purpose. And it's a privilege uh, that he would do that. In, in 2003, not long after I was saved, I had this dream. I was surrounded by a circle of people. Someone pushed me down onto my face and, and I flopped to the ground. And another person said, no, no, don't do that. Don't push him down. Pick him up. He needs to stand. He needs to find his father. He will be a strong leader. Now, at the time, I was... I. I thought of myself as anything but that. And, and I didn't, if, if I had an option, if I had a choice, if God said, would you like to do this? Would you like to take this role? I would have said, no, thanks. I, I don't, I'm not fit for that role. That, that, that's not me. I, 
I, I don't see that as me. I don't see myself as that. I would have said no. I would have rejected that. But uh, it wasn't just that, but other things uh, lined up in, the, in future years and I was, I was compelled to go in that direction. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm glad I did because um, it, it's a satisfying life to live. It's, it, it gives joy. It gives safety and satisfaction being knowing that I'm in the place where God has um, set me to be. And, you know, woe to me if I don't serve in leadership roles, <laughs> even if I don't necessarily feel like it, I, I know that it's, it's a better spot for me uh, to be in because he's, he's told me that. So, and and he'll, he'll tell you one way or the other too. If you say, oh, I don't know, God hasn't told me anything, he hasn't spoken directly so clearly or, or a certain way to me, but if you ask him, he will. He'll guide you into it. He's not going to just going to leave you on your own. He'll guide you in one way or another to where, where he wants you to be. And there's, there's different gifts and callings. Uh, if you want to find, uh, look through them, they're found in Romans 12, uh, Ephesians 4, and 1 Corinthians 12. So 2 Corinthians 4.17. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we, ha- we are sent to minister to others. Uh, we're sent um, to everyone. We're sent by God. We're sent in different ways. And we're sent even though we have our own needs. So this, we all have trouble. This, this verse isn't discounting trouble, but um, it says in the Bible that man is born for trouble as sparks fly upward. So I can guarantee that every one of you here, sitting here right now, has some need or trouble in your life. I guarantee it. If we're in heaven, we wouldn't, but we're not. And so every single one of us here has some need or difficulty in our life right now or trouble. Some, some bigger, some smaller. But what Paul is saying here is, he doesn't discount the trouble altogether, but he says, you look at it from an eternal perspective. And so I don't know if you remember those old school scales that they've got one little bowl on one side and one on the other and a little cantilever thing that goes up and down on each side. So it's kind of what Paul is saying is, if you put one, one kilogram of uh, earthly uh, trouble, difficulty, uh, in this life right now, on one side of the scale, bang, it's going to hit the ground, it's going to seem heavy, and it's going to seem long-term. But he says that, that this, that trouble is achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs it all. So it seems heavy and long-term on its own, but if we put a hundred ton of glor- eternal glory on the other side of that scale then suddenly, bang, that side goes, that doesn't seem as heavy anymore. It doesn't seem as long-term anymore because we've got a different perspective about it. We understand that it's producing something of much greater weight, much greater value that, than, than what, what we're experiencing in, the, in this life. And, and, you know, you might say, well, that's, that's fine. You, you probably don't have many troubles in your life like me. And maybe you 
could quite well have more than than I do. But I want to, I want to just um, maybe I won't go through them all. But have you read the list of the person that wrote this verse had a list of troubles that he that he wrote in two Corinthians eleven twenty four to twenty eight. He talks about being um, lashed with a whip five times. Uh, received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. 40 lashes was when people generally, that was as much as they could take. They'd usually die after 40. So they gave him minus one of those. Five times that happened. Three times beaten with rods. Stoned. Three times shipwrecked. A night and a day in the open sea, constantly on the move, in danger from all sorts of places, laboured and toiled, often gone without sleep, known hunger and thirst, often gone without food, have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. So Paul, if Paul had those scales, he'd have 10 kilograms of trouble on that side. But he knew that, hang on a minute, if I put that hundred ton of glory on the other side, suddenly it doesn't, it still seems light and momentary. No matter how much, it still is light and momentary in that, in that long eternal perspective. And so Jesus calls us to shift our focus from just purely ourselves and our own needs and to include others and ministering to their needs. In two, Philippians 2.4, each of you should not look not only to your own interests but also to the interests of others does this mean we come to a place without needs no but it means we grow uh, to a place where we can not it's not just about us it's about others as well and you know it's 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 like a you know when a baby is born and grows up it's a, it's a parallel in the natural you know we're born again we're needy we you know, a baby, I haven't got a child, so I'm just going by what I see, but, you know, they need their nappies changed. <laughs> they need feeding. They need all sorts, they're very needy, is that right, Jimmy? Very needy, needy beings. <laughs> they need everything. They need everything provided for them and to them. But if I'm 46 and I'm like, oh, can you change my pants? I've just done a poo-poo. Or can you feed me some, some mashed up bananas, you know? Or I'm crying, give me a lollipop. Well, there's something wrong there. That's just weird. <laughs> that is very weird, actually. So, so there needs to be a maturing. There needs to be a growing. And in, your, in, in our Christian life, you know, sure, we start as needy. We start as we need everything given to us, but... We've got to grow up into a place where, hang on, I could start looking out for the needs of, of others. I can start helping them as they helped me. And this is, uh, this is uh, the title of the um, message. It comes from this verse here, John 9, 1 to 7. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, 
This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. So this blind man was more than likely a beggar. He was more than likely stuck in one spot and he was unable to help anyone else or minister to anyone else's needs around him. He just needed everyone to give to him. He was just after blessing and that's all his life was about. But this man has an encounter with Jesus, right? He meets Jesus. Jesus interacts with this man and tells him, go wash in the pool of, of Siloam. And, but he's still got mud in his eyes. He still can't see where he's going or what he's doing. So he's, he has, nothing's really changed. I mean, he's, he's met Jesus, which is unbelievable, but he still has to go on this process. He still has to walk from one place to another and wash his eyes. And so Jesus essentially t told the man, go, wash your eyes in scent and you will see. And so in the same way, our heavily self-focused uh, life and blindness to the needs of others has to be washed away by understanding that we are sent. Understanding our sentness washes that away and enables us to, to see a different perspective. Before we couldn't see anyone, the needs of anyone around us because we were too focused on ourselves. But after we wash our eyes in uh, you are sent, then suddenly I can see the needs of others around me and I can do something about it by God's strength. So Jesus says to every Christian, go, you are sent. You need to get up and get to the place where you stop focusing just on your own needs and realize that you're appointed anointed and equipped in God and sent to minister to the needs of those around you. And this man needed someone to help him get to this pool. He couldn't get there on his own. And you know what? You might, when you're born again, you might be able to get to the pool on your own, but it's going to take you a long time. You'll be, you'll be wandering around for ages trying to find this pool. But if you get some good Christian friends around you, they can help you. They can guide you to that pool. So they can get you from one, help you get from one place to another in God. They can help you get into the ministry call and purpose on your life because they're speaking into your life. They're encouraging. They're teaching. They're prophesying into you. God's purpose for your life. Um, you know, you don't... Some people won't help you in that. So make sure you get the right people. Some people will take you to the pool of victimhood or take you to the pool of self-pity or take you to the pool of offence. But they will never wash the mud out of your eyes. You know, you, you'll get to a place, you, you won't move forward, you won't grow, you won't minister unless you go to that specific pool that Jesus sells, which is sent, you're sent by God. Luke 10, 2 to 3. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you. Um, and you, but you say, well, what about me and my needs? How, how will they be met? Well, there's a story in Matthew, chapter 14, 15 to 20. You probably know it. When Jesus turns uh, five loaves and two fish into... Um, tons of fish and, and loaves and so the in this story the disciples uh, come to him and say 
look, there's this, there's this huge crowd of people. They're in need. They need food. We're, we're, we're in lack. We don't have the capacity to deal with this. Send them away. Uh, send them away. We can't do it. You send them away, Jesus. But Jesus says, replies to them, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. But they haven't got enough. And, you know, in, your, in our lives, we think, well, Jesus would say to us, you see the need around you. You see the need in Port Lincoln. You see the need in Tumba. You see the need wherever it is. And we're like, Lord, send them away. We, we don't have the capacity. We don't have what we need to, to, to minister to these people. But he would say to us, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. One heart, you give them something to eat. And you say, well, all I've got is this little bit of fish and, and, and bread to share between all of us here. We're in lack. We need, we need more resource. He says, just give, bring to me what you've got. Let me bless it and then take it out and it will multiply and it will feed, feed Port Lincoln. It will feed. If all of us give our little bit of what we have, we might think it's insignificant, but God can bless whatever gift and call is on your life. He can bless it and use it to feed those around us. So in one of the marks of Christian maturity is that you can minister in the midst of your own need. So I'll get the music team to come up if they could. John 19, 27, uh, 25 to 27. Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, Dear woman, here is your son, and he said to this disciple, here is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. You might think, well, that's, that's a pretty, uh, you know, ordinary verse, I suppose. But to me, it's, it's just, it's extraordinary. It's so powerful that Jesus betrayed, mocked, tortured, bleeding, nailed to a cross in agony and in, in his last moments of life looks down and, and recognises his mother's need to me that's extraordinary that Jesus in such excruciating need and such pain himself still has the eyes to see a mother's a widow uh, you know, she's a widow, she's got no one to care for her John can you look after my mother mother for me it's, it's powerful that, that Jesus had the capacity to do that you know and at times we'll be in great need we might be in, in pain but we'll still have to reach out still, there'll still be moments when we just have to reach out at those moments and still help someone else and you know what you'd be blessed if you do I, I believe there's greater reward you know when, when in those situations I mean you get help when you need it but, you know, to be able to minister when you yourself have your own needs your own stuff going on in your life that's supernatural it's supernatural it's something you can't do in your own strength it has to be done in the spirit 
it's of God. It's of the God of love and self-sacrifice. So only through the Holy Spirit can we effectively uh, minister, particularly in the midst of our own need. It can't be done in our own strength. 2 Corinthians, last verse, 2 Corinthians 3, 4-6, such confidence as this is ours, through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So any competency to minister in the Spirit in any way, shape, or form is of God. It's of the Spirit. It's not of ourselves. I can guarantee that anyone that's serving in any capacity must be relying on God. They must, they must have, uh, they must be um, reliant on Him and His capacity. Otherwise, they won't be. They'll be. It'll fail. But if you see someone consistently serving God in a certain way, then you know behind the scenes there's a reliance there. There's a trust in God. There's an infilling. There's a there's the Holy Spirit is filling them. The Holy Spirit is enabling. Because we don't have the capacity. I don't have the capacity. You don't have the capacity. But God does. And He can give it to each one of us. Just simply by trusting in Him. And would you stand this morning as we come to a close? We're just going to go through a song. Um, just a part of a song shortly and then we'll uh, finish. But I just wonder if, if you need your the Holy Spirit to realign your, your scent focus, to realign the fact that you are sent. Maybe you're here today and you're like, you know what, I've been focusing too heavily on my own needs. I've been blind to the needs of others around me. God has sent me and I didn't even realize it. Well, we're going to, in a sense, wash in the pool today. Wash in the pool of sin. And I believe that as we go through this song, if you're in that situation, why don't you reach out to God as we just sing and declare who God is and how holy he is. And I just believe that even as we stand before him and worship before him, that he's going to wash your eyes. He's going to wash away. You have needs, yes, but he's going to make them, minimize them. He's going to make them less and he's going to put his glory uh, upon your life and and call you into what he has for your life you don't know what he's called you to do even right now i believe that he will plant something in your spirit of your call and destiny for your life in him so as we sing i want to sort of pray and then we'll sing father i pray and thank you holy spirit for your presence here right now god upon every one of us everyone in this room lord you've drawn them here today this morning to hear your word, God, and for to be sent by you. God, they may not feel equipped, but God, they could trust in you. You'll equip them. So God, I pray, Holy Spirit, just realign our focus, Lord, as a church. Realign one heart to the call and purpose that we have to, to minister to those in need around us. God, help us not, help it not to just be about us and our difficulties and you ministering to us. Lord, help it to be about others as well lord we commit ourselves to you as as a as a body of believers lord we need you god we cry out to you we ask and thank you lord that you if we ask you you will provide lord you won't fail 
to give us what we need to do what we need to do. So Lord, we ask you for it and thank you for your provision. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Ruth.